Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. I'm your host, Janet Pilcher. Thanks for having a desire to be your best at work, help your organization achieve success. This podcast is all about actions we can take to improve workplace culture and achieve results, and they're all aligned to our nine principles for organizational excellence. See if this scenario sounds familiar to you. Emily is Lorna's boss. Listen to this conversation and think about what you notice. Emily holds her monthly meeting with her leadership team. The agenda is the same, eight to 10 items, and they're usually just for updates to the leadership team, not much discussion. The meeting concludes, and Lorna has asked for a brief one-on-one with Emily. Remember, Emily's the boss. Lorna says, Emily, I, I appreciate you taking time to talk about the ABC project. We want to do a good job on this project. One of our board members sent me an email with concerns about, about the project. Emily abruptly says, yeah, he said something to me, and I told him that I don't like the way people have worked behind the scenes on this project. Lorna was surprised to hear these words since the work had been underway with continuous input for years from multiple stakeholders. She had listened to the people that Emily had wanted to put on the, on the, the sessions for stakeholders. And Lorna says to Emily then, I, I want to understand more about what you're saying. What, what don't you like? What do you want the team to be doing that we're not doing now that would make you feel more positive about our team and the work? I'd really like to hear your thoughts. Emily says, I shouldn't have to tell you or the team. They're the experts. If, if they are capable, they should just know what to do. Lorna says, I appreciate your confidence in the team, Emily. I, I too have confidence in the team. We also want to hit the mark based on your expectations. Would you be willing to engage in a discussion with our team so that they can understand your expectations? Maybe you could steer us in the right direction. Emily says, Lorna, you know I don't work that way. I don't get involved in your business. I'm not a micromanager. You figure it out. Now, this is an example of what we would call around absentee leadership. You wouldn't necessarily call this toxic behavior. Emily is physically present, yet psychologically absent. She's positioned herself to not own the outcome of the project. If all goes well, fine. If not, it's not her fault. Emily, however, liked being in command by stating she was unsatisfied with the work being done. So still in command, but just kind of distancing herself. Absentee leaders do a couple of things. This is how we can recognize them. They avoid meaningful engagement with their subordinate leaders. Absentee leaders care less about leveraging meaningful talent to get results. They're adverse to taking risks. Absentee leaders make decision-making a highly emotional experience for those involved, and they tend to shift blame to others. Absentee leaders enjoy the privileges and awards, rewards from leadership and intentionally make themselves absent or distant from teams and the work. Absentee leaders specialize in flying under the radar but not doing anything that attracts attention. This type of leader kills the engagement and productivity of the workplace. It's difficult, if not impossible, for leaders reporting to that leader to succeed. Unfortunately, absentee leaders tend to stay in place because they're not overtly misbehaving. What does this cause us as leaders who work for absentee leaders? What does it cause us to do? It causes us to take on the role of our boss, provide direction, and 
do so with great intent for our teams and assume the responsibility to lead our team through conflict as it arises. To do so, we engage in sometimes workarounds to give our team an opportunity to achieve positive results. If the project goes awry, we know we are the ones who will take the heat. Here's what's fascinating. A 2015 Harvard Business Review poll surveyed 1,000 U.S. workers and showed that issues stemming from absentee leadership accounted for roughly 91% of all leadership-related complaints. Related issues included absentee leaders not recognizing employee achievements, not giving clear directions, not having time to meet with employees, refusing to talk to subordinates, not offering constructive criticism, not providing opportunities for people to provide input. Several other studies have found that being ignored by your boss is worse than being treated poorly. Absentee leaders are just as harmful as toxic leaders. Absentee leaders contribute to longer-term problems with job performance of people in the organization. Why? Because remember, absentee leaders tend to stay in positions in the organizations, whereas toxic leaders can be short-lived. In fact, some bosses of absentee leaders like them. After all, they don't cause them any trouble, and they can shift the blame when something bad occurs. The blame shifts to someone down the leader levels rather than up. And for the most part, the absentee leader protects senior leaders. Take a moment and think about our communities. We can think about absentee leaders in our work environment. Now let's just think about what happens if we have absentee leadership in our communities, people trying to lead our communities how things work to get accomplished in the places where we live. Sometimes that's not a good thought. (laughs) It seems to take forever to get things accomplished. And when we take two steps forward, we take 10 steps back. Our leaders in government, education, and healthcare are at the table. They're working together. They're the ones who can really influence our community leaders. As community members, we can help by calling out absentee behaviors when we see them in our community leaders. I know this takes bold action on our part, yet without this boldness, our communities will just die a a slow death. Equally important, as leaders, employees, and organizations, and participants in community efforts, we can promote good leadership and help others wisely choose leaders. As a start, think about the executives in your local community education systems, healthcare systems, government, and contributing nonprofits. Ask yourself, what evidence do you have where leaders are recognizing employee achievements, providing clear direction to execute a vision and a plan, meeting with employees to listen to their input, meeting with stakeholders to do the same, offering constructive feedback on projects, showing the data, showing the reality of where things are and where we need to improve and what things are going well, making timely decisions and being bold when needed, recognizing when shifts in the direction need to be made and and explaining why. And as a leader in your organization, which can be all of us, let's commit to practicing these positive leadership behaviors. Let's build a community of leaders who are doing the right things. It's the spark that starts our flame burning. Tomorrow, we'll spark a flame as we launch Strengthening Rural America, Connecting Healthcare and Education as we launch our conference. You'll see leaders demonstrating excellent leadership that positions their communities in a positive light. You'll see positive examples of leaders working together to establish that vision with clear direction, to execute a plan of action, to live out the vision, to engage employees and stakeholders to continuously add input, to listen, probe, and act with purpose and passion. 
I'm so excited to hear from our partners. I'll kick the day off and then introduce Quint Studer, who'll focus on very specific actions we can take to build vibrant communities. Our partners will then engage the audience in three breakout sessions to showcase best practice collaborative leadership in our communities. Dr. Joanne Sternke, a Studer Education Leadership Coach and retired superintendent of the Baldridge Recipient School District, will provide specifics on communicating with purpose and building relationships. And my healthcare colleague, Tad Hunt, will close today with a charge to us to lead the way in our communities. The conference is open free of charge. This is our gift of appreciation to the many healthcare education and government workers who have helped us manage our lives this past year. They work with purpose, do worthwhile work, and make a difference so that we all can live healthy, happy, and productive lives. To learn more about the conference and register, go to studereducation.com slash events. I sure hope you'll join us. Thank you for tuning in to Accelerate Performance. Please share the podcast and find us on Instagram. If you're looking for more resources related to today's episode, head over to studereducation.com slash podcast. I look forward to connecting with you next time as we continue to focus on the nine principles for organizational excellence so that we can be our best at work. Have a great week.